Welcome to Breaking Barriers Project Institute Radio. We're on the air. Yes, but how are you doing today? Fine. Great to talk to you. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's just a normal conversation, uh, and technologically it works to just carrying it on like a normal conversation. So uh, I'm just going to start off by telling people that you're Colonel Fred Black, and you, have, you come from a very significant military history family. And I think the best way to start off is to, to let people know who you are now, and uh, then we can talk about some other things about how you got there. Uh, Colonel, okay. Colonel I am, in fact, a uh, Colonel United States Army retired. I've been retired since 1994 and currently live in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And since retirement, I've been engaged in a variety of consulting uh, operations with various firms. And I'm pretty much retired from that now. And my main endeavors include uh, local and a couple uh, national boards where I served and uh, seems to keep me pretty busy. You're a friend of the secretary. Am I correct about that? Yes, we served together. Um, matter of fact, when he was the uh, cadet and not the secretary, uh, my older brother Gorm was his cadet tactical officer. And mm-hmm. then I served with him when uh, General Austin himself was a tactical officer at West Point, And I was his company academic liaison. So we've gotten to know each other over the years. And uh, I, I consider it a very, very positive friendship. Your father was also uh, a colonel. Am I correct about that? Your father, your brother? You, have, you come from a very long uh, historic African-American family of, of military people. Can you give us some information on that? Well, yes. Uh, all three of us did serve and rose to the rank of colonel. And uh, my father's dad was also in the Army, and he got to the rank of corporal in World War II. Uh, He participated in what some called the old man's draft, where they took older folks and brought them in so that they could do uh, non-combat work and free younger guys to go do the combat work. So he actually served for almost two years in the Army. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you, you uh, grew up in Liberia and, and in Detroit. Am I correct about that? Maybe you can tell us a bit more about that. Well, actually, uh, my first assignment, if you will, after I was born was uh, several years in Japan post-World War II. And I also lived three years in France. But the interesting uh, thing about uh, my teenage years was my dad was assigned to the uh, U.S. military mission to Liberia at the embassy in Monrovia, and I went to Liberia. I served with them for one year, and I had to do high school correspondence, which isn't a recommended way, in my opinion, and so I came back to uh, Detroit, Michigan, and lived with my aunt and uncle, who also both were Howard graduates. And uh, I needed to go to a regular high school to get my lab and language requirements so that I could go to college. And what was significant 
Carrington, if you can just imagine the stark difference between a place like Monrovia, Liberia, and Detroit, Michigan, in terms of lifestyle and everything, and being on your own for school, and then going into a structured school, and uh, attending high school in Detroit, that was my first public school in my life. All the rest of my schools were on military installations, and uh, I had never been in anything but a true minority situation in those schools. But uh, Mumford High School in Detroit, uh, we had a significant minority population. But uh, it, like I say, was my first public school experience. So it was a real education to, to go to a public school for the first time, beginning in 11th grade. <laughs> High school wasn't that the uh, Eddie Murphy high school in uh, his movie? Well, what happened is Eddie Murphy had a friend who was associated with Mumford who gave him a T-shirt that he wore in the movie, and uh, it gave Mumford a lot of acclaim because you know when people see things in movies they want them. So Mumford uh, started selling those shirts to people all over the place. And uh, I still have a couple, uh, but when I was there, it was just the gym shirt. Nobody thought anything special about it. Mm -hmm. But then the movie kind of made them famous. And, you know, that happens in, in more cases than we probably realize. And so now the Alumni Association is still selling the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also were a combat veteran. And that saying, uh, you were telling me about Mumford High School and uh, about your experiences in Vietnam. Yeah, well, Mumford was a great experience, as I said. And yeah, the Alumni Association has made uh, an effort to provide all who want that T-shirt the opportunity to buy one. But when I graduated from Mumford, uh, I had uh, done what most people do, look around and try to find what college you think was going to be best for you and I was fortunate enough to get admitted into several but I made the decision to attend Howard in Washington DC and entered the class of 68 in September of 64 and as you remember one of the things we had to do for four semesters at Howard was to take ROTC either Army or Air Force it was requirement mm -hmm. for graduation so I took ROTC I liked it and then the Army offered me a brand new ROTC scholarship that they had just started, and it meant that uh, you were going to give four years of service after you graduated and got commissioned. And the other part of that was not only did they pay your tuition and fees, but you got $100 a month stipend. So that made you uh, pretty flush compared to what I'd been at zero, you know. Mm -hmm. And I did my ROTC, I got commissioned in June of 68 and went right on active duty, serving with the 82nd Airborne Division, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And then I served with the 82nd Airborne in Vietnam. And when I returned from Vietnam, I went back to the 82nd Airborne Division. So uh, I spent first uh, five years of my Army career involved with the 82nd Airborne Division. Hmm. 
Well, Even though we are, didn't jump out of airplanes in Vietnam, we did mm -hmm. in Fort Bragg. <laughs> I, I hope it's not sensitive, but uh, you were you were a wounded warrior too, aren't you? Yes, I, I took some wounds over there, as uh, so many did. And uh, one was a bullet, and uh, the others were uh, frags from uh, explosive devices. And that was also, you know, an interesting life experience, uh, going through that system of uh, medical care and recovery and all of that. And fortunately, I can say uh, I've done well with it. And uh, I just consider myself fortunate. Do you have any advice for young people today in terms of the military as a career? Well, I think uh, one of the things you do is look at options in an objective way. The military isn't for everyone. Uh, it worked well for me. I served four years in ROTC and 26 years on active duty. And uh, I think if you want to consider your options, then what you do is you talk to other people, ask the kinds of questions that will give you the insights you need, gather the information to make the kinds of decisions that are necessary. Uh, but like I say, it's not for everybody. And right now, it's sad in our country that so few of our citizens qualify for service. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is because of health, education, and criminal justice reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who do qualify, I think it's worth looking at, and particularly the opportunities for education. And uh, that's what I did. It was an opportunity for a funded education, which I thought was a great opportunity for me. And uh, I have a son who did the exact same thing. He looked at it. Uh, we did not, you know, steer him in that direction, but he made his choice and he attended uh, West Point and he's now a colonel in the army and uh, he's back at West Point as a professor of military history. Mm -hmm. So the army sent him to his undergraduate program, his master's and his PhD. So you just have to look at things as to uh, what works for you and where you fit. And you can only do that if you spend some time, uh, you know, actually studying the situation and not just say, I'm not interested in something before you even learn about it. So that's mm -hmm. my advice. And I talk to kids all the time in our various mentoring programs. And uh, for some, they've decided, okay, it's not for me. And that's great. That's the way it should be. But at least they made some uh, inquiry and they talk to people uh, and that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate the conversation. I'm sure the world would also appreciate it and also appreciate your service. Well, thank uh, you for that. And uh, it's always great to be able to talk to people about options. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Colonel Black and uh, appreciate it. And we'll, sign off and uh, look forward to hearing you sometime in the future. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the invitation. You're welcome.
We hope you've enjoyed this program and we look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Meanwhile, check out our website at breakingbarriershu.org and we'll talk to you in the near future. Take care.